Hiya, did you recognise that video? It's an old one. Russ Abbott, I love a party with a happy atmosphere. Now, who's been to a party? I'm sure we all have. In fact, I'm sure we all can't wait to get to parties again when we all get back together, when we get to get back together with our loved ones, with our friends, when we get back together as a church. It will be a party and uh, I'm sure it'll be a good party as well. But the question I want to ask us is, what makes a good party? Well, I would suggest that some good food, a little bit of drink, music, dance, and maybe even some games. We're not all uh, that keen on games, all of us, but sometimes games add to it. They make a good party. But the main ingredient we need for a party is people. That's you and me. No good having a party if nobody's there. No good having a party if nobody is invited. And uh, so the main ingredient is people. And it's people that help to create the atmosphere. Help to create the atmosphere of the party. And uh, you can't beat a good atmosphere. Because if you've got a party and the atmosphere is great, when people have another party, you're more likely to attend again. When the atmosphere is not great, you're probably likely not to go. Or if you go to a party and the atmosphere is non-existent, you tend to leave a little bit earlier. But here's the deal. God wants to give us all new lives. God wants us to live our lives without fences. He wants us to be part of our community. He doesn't want to be us to be apart from it. He doesn't want us to be distant from it. We know all about that at the minute and it's not nice. He doesn't want us apart from community. He doesn't want us distant from community. He wants us to live life as it was meant to be. He wants us to create an atmosphere. He wants us to have a party. He wants us to create create a positive atmosphere. He wants us to create an atmosphere with values, with morals, with ethics, with freedom, with joy, with happiness. In week one, we heard that our reputation as people should be love. And that should define us. It should be who we are. It should be what we're about. And God wants us, God wants you, and God wants me to know that there's life, to know that there's salvation, to know that there's peace, to know that there's healing, to know that there's a purpose, and to know that there is hope. And especially perhaps, even more so, in the times in which we're living at this particular moment. And we have our part to play, don't we? We have our part to play in creating an atmosphere, in creating that atmosphere. We may then ask the question, but how? How do people in society and community discover new life with God? How do they discover or hear about God? How do they find out about God? How do they experience the kingdom of God, which is simply the fulfillment of God's will on earth? How do they gain a knowledge of him? Well, it's quite simple, really. It's through me and you. It's through us. And it's through us 
living out what we believe. It's through us doing kind acts. It's through us communicating with people, getting to know people, befriending people, building positive relationships with people. We heard the Bible reading and it said, we are to be the salt of the earth. Very often we'll sit down for a meal and somebody will say, can you pass the salt please? And the reason they ask that is because not because the food's not any good, not because the food's not nice, but salt simply enhances the flavour that little bit and makes the food taste that little bit better. And uh, that's why we ask for the pasta salt. Also, salt can be used to preserve things as well. And then there's another thing that mentions salt. We often hear the phrase, probably not so much these days, that person was the salt of the earth. That man, he was the salt of the earth man. That woman, she was a salt of the earth woman. Oh, that couple, they're the salt of the earth. And I remember many years ago, I had some neighbors uh, when I went to be a Salvation Army officer uh, with Jill. And uh, we got sent to a place in South Yorkshire called Denneby, Maine, which is near Doncaster. And it was a little pit village. And our neighbors were, were, were kind of rough diamonds really. They weren't Christians, they didn't profess, profess any faith at all, but they were salt of the earth people because of the kindness, because of the acts of kindness that they did for us, because of the thoughtfulness that they, they expressed and showed to us as neighbours. As I said, they weren't Christians, but they were the salt of the earth people, Molly and Pete in Denneby, Maine there, and uh, I'll never forget them. And I have some great memories of those two people as a couple. And when you go for a meal, sometimes you go to a restaurant, you enjoy the food, you enjoy the service, you enjoy the atmosphere. And so what you do is you share that with friends. You tell them, you say, there's a great little restaurant, great service, great food. It's a great atmosphere. You should go. And normally people will go. I go to places when people suggest places to me and uh, we like places that are good. We like places where there is a good atmosphere. And it got me to thinking, we are to be the salt of the earth. I wonder sometimes what kind of taste we do leave as individuals on our friends, in our workplace, with our loved ones, in our community, where we live and where we move. Because here's the thing, we're called to be the salt of the earth. We're not called to be the honey. As individuals, we're not called to be honey. As a church, as a church community, we're not called to be honey which is sweet and nice tasting. We're called to be salt. Because salt, you know, disinfects. It heals. And if ever our society or community needed an antiseptic, it's now. Individuals need caring for. Individuals need tending for. 
And very often, you know, and we all do it, we make excuses, don't we? We say, well, I don't know how to do this, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what to say. If I was in a situation, what kind of things would I say to that person? How would I help? Friends, it's not about what we say. It's not always about what we do. It's very often about just the fact that we're willing to be there and that we're willing to put time and spend time with people. That's what counts. The other things will naturally drop into place. It's the being there that is the first thing that really counts. A German evangelical pastor who wrote The Cost of Discipleship, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, was executed. He was executed because he opposed Hitler's regime against the Jews. And this is what he said. We are not to simply bandage the wounds of victims beneath the wheels of injustice. We are to drive a spoke into the wheels itself. And he also said that when God bids a man or a woman, so in effect calls a man or woman to come to him, he also bids them to die. Now you say, that's a little bit harsh, that's a little bit weird, but it's not. He doesn't mean physically, but he means they need to die to their own selfish needs, their own selfish desires, and simply serve the needs of others. Jesus makes it plainly clear that we're all important as individuals. And you know, God trusts us. God trusts us with the church. God trusts us, trusts us with creation. And God trusts us with community and society. And God trusts us to tell others of his love and his forgiveness. So we need to do that. We need to take care of our world. We need to take care of the people in it. And I have personally experienced God's love. I've experienced God's forgiveness in my life. So that should be demonstrated. It should be lived out. It should be spoken out. We need to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. It's easy to talk the talk, but we need to do both. They both need to follow on from each other. So we talk the talk and then we walk the walk. It's about presence. It's about influence for good and for God. It's about an influence for what's right, even if it means at time that we'll be unpopular. And I would hazard a guess that many times we will be unpopular. And, uh, but that's just the way it goes. Our salt, the salt that we share should bring love, joy, kindness, peace, hope, forgiveness. Someone once said, justice is love in public. That was Dr. Colonel West. Justice is love in public. We've already said we're all invaluable regardless of our status, profession, our experience. So any life changes that we have should impact and affect others.
It should impact and affect others and their issues and their struggles and their situations. Our help, our support, our words of encouragement, our acts of kindness should be like salt in their daily lives, in their daily struggles, in their daily issues. And regardless of what those issues are, regardless of who those people are, we need to get involved. We need to roll our sleeves up and get in there and get in the mud. We can't pick and choose. We have to get involved in all areas. We're also told that as well as being salt, we are to be light. This is what it said. You are the light of the world. When Jesus was around, they had small little wicker baskets like oil lamps and uh, not massive windows. And so what they would do to light up the house, because it was dark inside, obviously, then what they would do is light these little wicker baskets, but then put them on a lampstand. And even the smallest of lights could and can still chase away any darkness. And of course, the city on the hill could be seen for miles. The light could be seen and the light would shine for miles. And the fact is that wherever there is darkness, light always removes it. Now, here's something good to know. The disciples of Jesus weren't perfect and neither are we, neither are you and neither am I. And yet they were a living demonstration of the arrival of the kingdom of heaven. And so are we, you and me. We are a living demonstration of the arrival of the kingdom of heaven. And the question I ask myself is, am I always? The question I ask you is, are you always? Because a concealed light is no good to anyone. And a concealed light sheds nothing. We ought to be lights at work, at home, in community, and in this tough time of isolation. So the question is, how's our salt spreading going? How's the light shining going? Are we bringing light to those around us? Those we love, our family, our friends, our neighbors, and our community reaching into the dark situations, perhaps sometimes where there is no hope at all. Are we reaching into those situations? As God establishes and brings in his kingdom here on earth, we all, as we've already said, have our part to play. We are the ones to create his culture. We are the ones to bring his atmosphere into our society. We are the ones to bring taste, light, hope, new life, to our communities and the places where we live and work. There's lots of things wrong with society and community. What are we doing about it? Not in a bullshit way, but in a loving way, in a real way. How do we enhance it? How do we make it better? Because when we love intentionally, and by that I mean when we love deliberately, when we love on purpose, we use our gifts, we use our talents, 
and we serve others. Loving our church is pointless. Loving our church is meaningless if it's just about us and if it's just for us. It's about what's outside. No fences. Outside the church walls, outside the church buildings. That's what matters. No boundaries. That's what matters. It's about us living out the values of Jesus in community. In order that others not only get it, but see it. His values need to be real, tangible, lived out. Matthew 5 verses 2 to 10. Here's some of his values of the kingdom, what we're speaking about. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And then same chapter, chapter 5, verse 11 to 12, we have a promise. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And then we have the charge, or if you like, the call. This is what it is. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavour, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So we're to be a witness in light and we are to be a welcoming light. If we've been changed, as we've said, if we've been transformed, we are changed into his likeness. People should see Jesus in us by our actions, by the way we are, by the way we react, by the way we speak and daily go about our business. It's not just about what we say because that's easy. It's about what we do, how we live. A lived out gospel speaks louder than any words. It's about being natural, it's about being normal and it's about being you. That's the reason God gave us all personalities because our personalities are important and valued. It's who we are and God wants us to use them. So use your personality. It's about meeting people where they are at, sometimes on their ground, sometimes on their turf. It's about being Jesus wherever we are. And as we keep saying, if we've truly experienced Jesus and his love, then we are compelled compelled by that love to serve others and to serve others unconditionally. Friends, church is not about the buildings. Church is not about programs. Church is not about leaders. It is about relationships with God 
and with each other and with no boundaries. We go back to the first week and the first series, John chapter 13 and verse 35. This is what it says. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. To love, we have to be around people. We have to be part of community. We have to live in community. If we never interact with community, we will have failed. We exist to be in connection with our world and with our community and with the people that live in it. Here's a thought. If our church ceased to exist, would our community mourn? We need to be a church that would be missed, not for our own sakes, not for our reputation, but because they are experiencing Jesus and his love when they experience us. By becoming Christians, we don't cease to be human beings. C.S. Lewis wrote this, nothing is really ours until we share it. In church, there are two kinds of people. There are pillars and there are caterpillars. The pillars hold the church up whilst the caterpillars creep in and out, in and out. Which are we? Also, if tomorrow it was made illegal to be a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict me? Would there be enough evidence to convict you? As Christians, we have two roles. The first one is as a citizen. We are to be the salt of the earth. The second one is as an evangelist. We are to be the light of the world. It's about sharing. It's about giving away what we've got to others and unconditionally. And with this I finish. As a child, Robert Louis Stevenson was fascinated by the village lamplighter. What are you doing? asked his nurse one night when she found him gazing out of the window. I'm watching the man knocking holes in the darkness, was his reply. Undoubtedly, we will only be able to knock holes in the darkness for other people if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. I wonder today, are we a lamplighter? Are we knocking holes in the darkness? Where do we stand today? Are we salt? Are we light? Do we enhance? Do we give flavour? Do we shine in places that are dark? Are we antiseptic to the society and communities in which we live and which we serve? Are we salt of the earth? Do we purify? Do we enhance? Do we help our community and the people in it? Are we a light? Can we be seen in the darkness? Leading the way to life, to hope, to better futures. Even if it's a flicker of light. Because a lot of the time we don't know do we? But people watch, people take notice. People probably taking more notice of us who 
profess to be Christians at this time, in this time of lockdown. And they're impacted, even when we don't always know about it. We have so many opportunities, friends, in these days and in these times, in the moment that we're in. Let's not miss where God is taking us. Are we salt? Are we light? May God add his blessing to his word this morning. And uh, may he inspire us to create an atmosphere of positivity and hope and of God's love in our communities where we live and where we serve.